Hello, and welcome to another episode of Echopunks, recorded live in front of an automated audience. This is our podcast version, rather than our salon version, where we tend to have fewer guests in the podcast version, but still the same idea, an improvised conversation that tries to dig deep into the subjects and a society we find ourselves in. But the benefit of the podcast is we can be a little more responsive in terms of current events. So with that in mind, Jan, what, what are we going to talk about today? Yeah, we <clears throat> talked today about Sam Altman and uh, the drama, the ongoing drama with OpenAI. Um, did he step down? Was he fired? Is he coming back? Uh, is he being called back? Nobody knows. You know, this could have changed since we started talking here. And um, I'm actually grateful that you reached out today, Jesse, and suggested that we talk here because um, I, I find this is quite a massive, a massive story. I uh, was considering to write about it. I might as well write about it because I think um, that the consequences of this go way, way beyond Silicon Valley or the tech industry and might actually... Um, yeah, shatter society to a certain extent. I, I agree. I think like a lot of the AI stories that kind of hit the popular zeitgeist these days, they're never just about technology. They're never just about business. They always include ethics. They always include governance, trust, uh, you know, public perception, propaganda, disinformation, right? Mm. And it, it speaks to how they, they really provide us with a lens to dig deeper and to understand things. And, and what's particularly interesting about this story with Sam Altman and OpenAI is both the level of speculation, but it's a company called OpenAI. And, and it's a company that, you know, the, is one of the fastest growing in the history of companies. Like their app, ChatGPT, has had the largest signup of any app in history. Like previous to them, it was TikTok. Right. And now they happen to have the largest growth. So this is could be about greed. This could be about power. This could be about, you know, concerns of AI taking over the world, because that is certainly Sam Altman's narrative. So I think uh, to your point, it is one of these Pandora's boxes that once it's opened up, there's all sorts of things that come out of it above and beyond the characters or company itself. So it is one of those stories, I think, that merits us on a Sunday getting together and having a chat. But it's also not going to end uh, anytime soon. What I find remarkable is um, <clears throat> not that we have such a discussion or that such an incident happens in the industry, right? That happens uh, every, every other day and has been happening for, for decades. What is shocking is uh, where it is happening and who it is happening to. Right. In the entire AI uh, conversation, trust, uh, security and safety uh, coupled to trust have been such dominant topics. And OpenAI and particularly Sam Altman uh, seemed to be the almost too good to be true players here, uh, you know, raising the fingers, um, you know, asking and calling everyone for caution and at this point, I have to say, Jesse, uh, it doesn't really matter, in my opinion, what the factual outcome of this drama is going to be. Um, the fact that this has been lingering now for more than 24 hours, 
with um, you know as much dirt standing in the room, uh, such as he has not always been candid, right? Whatever that means, uh, this is something that has um, everyone actually return from this charade as losers, whether guilty or not. It is just uh, mind blowing how this can be. And, well, and you, it, it, you, let, yeah. let me just quickly interject there. I mean, that on the one hand speaks to the value of a franchise. That when you have a company that is worth as much money as OpenAI is right now, and and the paradox being that this is a for-profit company governed by a not-for-profit board, and it's the not-for-profit board that fired the CEO of the for-profit company. So to your point fundamentally it can and and in theory will damage the value the money associated with it but i think the other the i i want to tease out the other sort of implication that you're describing which is i think this is a pivotal point for society for ai right it's one of those moments where everyone just like uh, uh sbf and ftx was a pivotal moment in crypto and how people perceive crypto I think this is going to be a pivotal moment in the debate around what is AI, how should it be governed, controlled, should it be for profit, should it not be for profit, should it be, you know, left to an entrepreneur, a CEO who kind of is of this, you know, Steve Jobs, Mark Zuckerberg, Elon Musk kind of mold, or should it be, you know, much more of a corporation? where you don't have so much leading personalities, but responsible people in control. I, I think that's what's fascinating is we have, you know, we've been going on on this already for a few minutes and we still mm -hmm. haven't, you know, uh, exhausted the list of big topics that no, are, I, are really exploded by this story. Yeah, yeah. Yes to everything you said. And, right? Because I think... Um, uh, yes, this is shattering for AI. Yes, you know, this at a higher level is shattering probably for all of Silicon Valley, but it is shattering even beyond that, uh, right? We spoke about trust not so long ago. And, um, you know, a bunch of communications agencies run trust barometers, have found out that society these days is expecting societal change to come from brands, in society and not from politicians anymore. Nowhere else than in Silicon Valley are brands as synonymous with their leaders and CEO as, you know, over there. And uh, look at what just happened, right? SBF had okay. some, yeah. And, you know, this is just, right this there, is though. just, yeah, go ahead. Cause, cause you, you raise a very interesting paradox. On the one hand, you're right. People now trust brands, they trust companies, they trust especially companies that they interact with a lot, way more than politicians, way more than traditional leaders. But I almost think that the exception to the rule when it comes to social responsibility has been Silicon Valley, right? Like at best, Silicon Valley presents itself as falsely neutral, but usually Silicon Valley is move fast and break things. Right. Like with Uber and the taxi industry or Airbnb and the hotel industry or Facebook and Google with the media industry. And so what interesting about OpenAI is they were a move fast and break things company. 
right? They were like chat GPT, literally, it's not even a year since it was unleashed. And it has completely caused almost every other industry to rethink how they operate in the face of this new tool. And at the same time, the amount of competition happening in the AI space, because before ChatGPT, Google was not going to release a chatbot. Now they have, right? Facebook was not going to release a chatbot. Now they have, right? So it, it's on multiple different levels. I think the, the to, to your point, the uh, speed and the impact of ChatGPT has that same level of social change, of people wanting to see brands make a difference. But I am not at all surprised where you're a kind of like wagging your finger at them. I'm not at all surprised by their incompetence when it comes to governance because their track record for social responsibility is pretty poor. Yeah, I'm, I'm not so concerned about... Um you know, their competence, but, um, right. The title of our little conversation here is no more heroes. Right. And, um, I think for way too long, society has sought heroes, you know, maybe in the wrong places has idolized Silicon Valley trillionaires, um, and has, you know, let basically them get away with anything. And uh, now even those who were only two days earlier praised as the second coming of Steve Jobs, those who are saintlier than the saints, now accuse each other publicly of not being candid at all times for 36 hours. That's just but you know, let, 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 let's not looking good. That. Yeah, Let's dig into that a bit because mm. there is a lot of speculation online. Like we're, you know, what, what's interesting about this podcast is we're not breaking news for people. While some of our listeners, mm. you know, th 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 they might be going, who's Sam Altman? Who's OpenAI? I doubt it. And similarly, this has been such huge global news that even people who know nothing about Sam Altman and OpenAI know that he got fired. Like that's how big this has been. And I think what, what, what I've enjoyed so far about our conversation is we're getting into the bigger picture and the larger implications. And I think this accusation, this charge of not being candid, right, or, or translating it of lying, you know, I, I think that that is interesting because where I think that is entirely plausible is the argument that OpenAI was a part-time gig for Sam Altman. Right, that he is someone who is such a hotshot, such a player in Silicon Valley in the AI industry, that he does have legitimately other companies and other initiatives that he is currently pursuing. Now, OpenAI benefits from having him as the CEO because he is such a hero, right, or such a, uh, a high-profile pioneer or leader in the industry but he is engaged in other initiatives that the board for good reason might feel could be a conflict of interest and it's not so much that he's lying but he's not disclosing the entirety of his business activities which a ceo in theory should but because he does have other hustles other side hustles that might be one of the issues that that the board has so you just expressed in two sentences, right? What they hinted at in one sentence, not candid at all times. So, you know, 
you didn't even take up more oxygen in articulating this and made much more sense. Um, but this is right, obviously so, why they should have had us on retainer. And, and of course, of course. No, you know, and, and, and I agree with you. Um, my point is, you know, is it really so bad that you have to be so vague by calling it not candid, right? Because that makes me think, oh my God, if they can't say more than this, how bad must it be that the Messiah, who again, you know, was just um, celebrated two days earlier, is ousted so ominously? And I'm 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 not taking sides here, right? No, I, but 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 allow you know, me to double down yeah. on on our our, our own promotional hmm. uh, uh, aspects here. This is the problem with lawyers, and this is the problem with lawyers being the people who run crisis communication. Mm. rather than people who operate in the court of public opinion. Because in this case, the court of public opinion matters way more than the court of law. Because if you got a $90 billion company, you can afford whatever lawsuits come at you. But you may not be a $90 billion company if the court of public opinion starts to turn on you. Maybe and the legal department... I, I think, go ahead. Maybe the legal department didn't scale fast enough. You know, that's a bad joke. Sorry, I should not have interrupted you for this. Thank you very no, much. I, I appreciate it. I thought, you know, uh, uh, the, the larger context here is understanding who the audience is. Mm. And, you know, the one criticism I think that we can all agree on uh, when it comes to the board is they really weren't thinking about the larger audience. Now, they might have been thinking about larger issues like ethics. They might have been thinking about larger issues like the relationship between AI and society. But I think our general point was if they were thinking about the audience, they wouldn't have put out something that was so vague and yet mysterious and yet in any ways does not solve this. Because here's the other twist that we woke up to this morning that I'm curious to hear your thoughts on. Apparently, Sam Altman may be coming back. Yeah, I'm speechless. Um, I read that too. I read that too. Um Again, you know, I I can only say I'm um, baffled, you know, on the on the open AI side. I'm also baffled on on his maneuvering because if, if he now comes back, what does that even mean? And does that also imply that the COO, he who seems to have left out of solidarity to him, comes back too, right? <clears throat> and the trouble here is to bring it back to your original question: What does that mean for AI? The biggest currency the biggest currency that sam altman and open ai had was trust because you also used another great term complexity right the industry is so complex no one understands it and they basically relied on messaging they only ever said hey you know we can't prove it but trust us we are the careful guys mm-hmm. and now what you know he's considering to come to come back what the hell has happened here and i have to say at some point it stops mattering what the hell happened there the oh, fact right. that the fact that this can just think of it you, you just mentioned numbers the fact that this is even possible to linger on for so long is just unbelievable well and and the variable here especially when it comes to disciplined communications hmm. is microsoft Right, because Microsoft is uh, uh, beyond any other player in this ecosystem, has huge influence and control over uh, OpenAI. Partly because they're the cloud computing partner 
OpenAI would not exist uh, uh, without Microsoft and their partnership agreement, which is almost uh, uh, an ownership agreement, although it's complicated, uh, 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 means that Microsoft was completely caught blindsided by this. And, and if Sam Altman's coming back, I can almost guarantee it's, it's because Microsoft is insisting on it. And, and, and to your point, is already concerned about the trust, the instability, and, and in such a highly competitive industry. Because the flip side to this is like, what if, because it's not just Sam, Sam Altman that left the company, right? Mm, it exactly. was the president yeah. and, and it was a lot of the talented folks who worked there. Mm. And so you could all of a sudden turn around and Amazon could be like, hey, Sam, come use our cloud. We got <laughs> lots of data for you. And right. all of a sudden, OpenAI is kind of left in the dust. Microsoft is left holding the bag, right? All because the board could not find conflict resolution, or a better means of communicating so that people could be candid, right? And 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 again, it makes you wonder, uh, from my perspective, about competence. But I think to your argument about thinking about the the consequences uh, of of these types of events. No, no, I, and and you make a brilliant point bringing up Microsoft because when I heard about this, I heard that they had been given the heads up a minute, a minute prior to the announcement happening. And if you, if you think of Microsoft, right, one thing that they stand for is not necessarily sexy, but consistency, right? A consistent, stable profile, you know, no highs, hardly any lows, and uh, also a very, very low, gray profile in the public eye, right? You think Tim Cook of Apple is kind of humble? Right. I mean, come on, Microsoft, they are the guys. How how embarrassed and humiliated must they feel about this having happened to them? And undermine undermined, right? Yeah. You know, right. to to the larger point of trust makes you makes them wonder about their relationship with OpenAI and, and whether that relationship can be trusted. Because so much of corporate relations is individualized into the CEO, as you sort of mm. pointed out. And if, you know, if the board doesn't have confidence in the CEO, which appears to be in this instance, then that does shake the entire institution as a whole. Now, you know, this is where I, I will uh, interrupt and uh, take a moment to run an ad. And, you know, at some point, I would like to have a kind of uh, music that goes in the background of an ad. But we're, we're not there yet for copyright reasons. And I'm so, not singing. I'm not singing either. And so. you're not singing. Yeah. But, you know... Uh, imagine that we are at an event and we're taking a time out and instead here, you know, I, I as the ad man will come in and read an ironically appropriate ad for a service called Cat GPT. Are you missing a furry friend in your life but can't be bothered to feed a living creature and clean up its shit? Introducing Cat GPT, an AI cat companion filling the void in your soul and lack of a social life without the hassle. CatGPT is an advanced machine learning model trained on decades of cat memes, videos, and archetypes to give you a realistic but entirely fake simulation of what the internet thinks it is like to own a cat. It includes smart home integrations with extensible features such as knocking the shit off of tables, pissing on your favorite furniture, incessant complaining for food, and rambunctious shenanigans at 3 a.m. You can have the lived experience of owning a cat too without the responsibility and emotional connection. Visit catgpt.ai 
today to learn more. This is incredible. I, I, I need one of those, Jesse. Um, you know, where, where are we uh, getting those from? Where are, who's importing those? Uh, I, I think they're just available from uh, the internet itself. So uh, wow. the .ai domain is, you know, technically not associated with any geographic domain. So this could be uh, entirely imagined vaporware that you can get anywhere as long as you go to their website. This is incredible. The internet. And, and this is, is where I, I note to myself, yeah. we should probably check to see if these websites exist and before yeah, we put okay. them out there. Yeah. But yes. uh, all right. Okay. Where, where, where were we at? We were, we were still talking. To no about... more heroes, right? Like, and, and I think yeah, if we yeah, bring yeah, it right. back to that, you know, well, what I find interesting about Sam Altman is just like uh, Sam Bankman Freed, uh, he was uh, originally, perhaps up, up to this point, cast as a hero, right? Like, yeah. it, it's almost like it's when it's too good to be true, it is uh, uh, not true. And maybe the issue here, if we are to trust the board, and I am kind of inclined to do so, is that maybe Sam Altman is not the hero that he was uh, uh, spelled out to be. What do you think? So, um, you know, I always thought that he was a little too holy, too saintly for my personal taste, right? I mean, um, if someone's always saying the right thing uh, in the right places, you know, that's like, he was kind of the Derek Jeter of AI. Right. Uh, every interview, you know, he did whatever was right for the team to win. Yes, thank you. Um, so, yeah, I, I'm wondering. I'm wondering. The last thing that I read about this was two hours ago in the in the New York Times, and it was speculating that it had to do with security concerns that one of the board members who basically led the charge in ousting him was uh, seeing security risks uh, in the rapid expansion of AI that Sam Altman apparently did not see. So, you know, so if that, that is... Let's, let's, yeah. let's stop for a moment yeah. and get into that specifically because yeah. yeah. I think it's substantive. And yeah. and and the issue here was the uh, OpenAI Dev Day that happened a week mm -hmm. ago that mm -hmm. we, we wrote about in, in our Gazette. And the issue was the APIs, the application programming interfaces, which if you think of the internet as a, a series of holes, a series of huge holes that on the one hand allow for cooperation, but on the other hand allow for hacking, allow for data mm. breaches, privacy breaches. In theory, OpenAI and the way in which they allowed for full customization on top of their platform there are a lot of people in the last week in the cybersecurity industry who said this is the biggest moment ever for hacking and that it is going to allow a kind of hacking that was never possible, never conceived previously. Mm -hmm. And there's a, a, an ounce of truth to that. I think that it is hyperbole. I think it is what the cybersecurity industry does, which is foster fear and paranoia. But at the same time, there, there's truth to be said that the speed by which OpenAI made these announcements and made these tools available did not allow those who play defense to properly wrap their heads around how the game has changed. Whereas those who play offense, they sure are incentivized to adopt new tools if it's going to help them steal more identities and data and hack into systems. 
So I think there's some truth to that. But this is all separate from larger political issues, which yeah. I think the board was also focused on. Go ahead. Yeah, but you know, even if he jumped the gun there, you know, do you then fire people within 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 two days? I don't know. You know, I said earlier. I said earlier, it doesn't. It almost doesn't matter how it uh, you know ends, because if you uh, look back, you know, I tried to keep count on the you know personnel failures or uh, you know disgraceful uh, descents from Silicon Valley. I, I stopped being able to keep count. You know, WeWork, Uber, uh, FTX. Uh, then Juicero, right? Um, you know, the list goes on and on and on. And all these brands, all these brands or companies are associated with, you know, their founder, with the face of the franchise, so to say. So, um, Look, you know... Uber would have, and, Uber would have and, collapsed had they not ousted their founder in yeah. what was a, you know, a night of the long knives drama fueled uh, episode but you know i i think i think you're drawing together two things which are both accurate yeah. but distinct yeah. one is the fallacy of the founder right that yeah. you know past a certain point a human can you know it, it can can only do so much right we still yeah. need sleep we still need downtime we we you know can only communicate so many hours in a day and I think part of this is the founder tries to be this ubermensch that is is just not possible and is a myth and and inevitably leads to some sort of catastrophic failure. But the other side to this is the culture of Silicon Valley. And 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 the key part of Silicon Valley is the con as in confidence scam and a lot of these companies are cons. And here's where I am a little suspicious of OpenAI, as I always am, and where I feel we're at an interesting kind of point where I can throw my speculation into the larger political or personal dynamics in the OpenAI board. And that's Sam, Alt Sam Altman's belief in general artificial intelligence or artificial general intelligence. And this is the, you know, uh, Skynet, the 2001, the term, like, this is the idea of an AI that is fundamentally smarter than us and doesn't need us. And I fun, I'm a skeptic. I think that's horseshit. I think it's not going to happen in our lifetime. It may never happen. I think it is the arrogance of humans to think that we can recreate an intelligence, you know, um, mm -hmm. and he's, he's an evangelist. And he sees OpenAI's mission not in making money off the large language models they have now, but he sees OpenAI's mission as the pursuit of artificial general intelligence. And I could see people on the board saying, we're making a mint here, buddy. Forget about your pipe dreams. Let's stick with what we got, son. It's a money-making machine. And there might have been a conflict there and a reason to part ways. Again, we don't know, but there are so many core foundational issues that are touched upon in this particular story that I wouldn't rule anything out. But I do not remember a case where a hero, right, who was on top of the highest mountain, a mountain that was so high that we didn't even know it existed before, 
that he was ousted so brutally. So, you know, let's assume all those conflicts that you laid out existed, right? Then, you know, Although, people can... come on, like, yeah. I, I, I got to pause myself because yeah. what you just described, not to repeat ourselves, yeah. is Sam Bankman freed though, right? Yeah, right. Right, right. But then, you know, if all he was is... on a big mountain and he's now in jail for the rest of his life. Look, if he stole money, right, if he murdered people, then call the police and get him jailed, right? But don't fire him and say he hasn't always been candid with the board. What a bullshit, right? <clears throat> and well, maybe it's not. Honestly, like I kind of agree with you. I do kind of agree that it's probably and, and and also and also. But and what also, if it's not? What no, if it isn't? Look, but 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 even having other interests or pursuing other interests, right? Uh, you know, the the founder and CEO of Facebook now Meta, you know, sunk billions in the metaverse. Yeah. And you know, finally realized, okay, that was not a good idea. I should stop doing this. But but okay, this brings us back to governance. Nobody can fire Zuckerberg because he's he owns made the place. sure of that. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, right. Altman is not in a similar situation, right? And the, I think a larger question because I'm I, I fear that he is going to be brought back. I fear that the way in which this has been totally mishandled, that you know they've all been backed into a corner and they gotta. Do, they're going to do some type of internal mediation or conflict resolution and they're going to tell the world it was a fuck up we're back he's back you know we're going to keep going forward that's what microsoft will be saying while putting guns to their heads um but but i think the uh, a, a broader discussion here is of governance right and and i would prefer that altman not come back mm. and i would love to see open ai continue to succeed without a hero mm -hmm. that's the point no more heroes we don't need mm -hmm. heroes we don't need these mythical men as these founders that silicon valley requires as figureheads what if instead we had competent managers and people working as a team to succeed a, a naive idea perhaps mm. but one that i think you know uh, uh is quite viable in this era of automation no, and I think it's also a viable uh, management model, right? We um, were speaking about Microsoft earlier, right? And uh, I know approximately what the name of the Microsoft CEO sounds like, but I'm not able to speak it out and pronounce it properly. And that's not because it's Indian, right? That's not the reason. The reason is that Microsoft, Microsoft's management team basically seems to have checked egos somewhere, you know, at reception and seems to <clears throat> put the company first. Uh, you know, that would be um, an argument for your case to say, hey, look, this is viable. A point against your case is, right, and, and you cannot deny this, as a company that is up and coming and that needs to break through you know, ceilings, doors, needs to convince lobbyists and governments even, don't you need a strong face of the company who can kind of win over millions, so to say? You yeah, know? And, 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 you know, unfortunately, I think that latter view will continue to be the norm. But, you know, I think it's a mistake. And, and I say this because people get hit by buses every day, like shit happens. 
And I think that what's interesting about Microsoft is not just that they're a publicly owned company, so they're accountable to more than just a single jerk, but they also have focused on talent development. Yeah. And, you know, Satya Nadella came up through Microsoft the same way that a lot of their senior management are lifetime Microsoft people because they have a really smart and deep talent development strategy and roster and i think that that is one of the shallowest parts of silicon valley is the way in which they treat talent that they treat talent like a high-priced commodity but like a commodity nonetheless and you know unfortunately twitter uh, embodies this complete mm -hmm. talent mismanagement uh but they're not unique to silicon valley in general you know what I find amazing here, and I had no idea that I could ever get as excited about Microsoft as I am getting right now. What I find also amazing here is um, the uh, company value and how it developed over the last five or even 10 years, which, you know, from a public relations perspective, have been rather quiet, right? You don't hear you know or read much spectacular stuff about microsoft there is a thing here or there but it's kind of, it's kind of more like oh you know it's unspectacular i mean there's two things to that one yeah. you sure hear a lot about xbox right you, you sure hear a lot about minecraft yeah right? and and we forget that those are microsoft owned properties so i think to your point there is uh, or linkedin right which uh, is another Microsoft property. But but again, it, there, I think part of what you're suggesting, and I agree with, is the intelligence or strategy in which they do branding. But here's another interesting twist that underlines what you're saying, and that is the power of AI as a brand. Because I hmm. would argue that AI is is meaningless, right? Yeah. That, that if you think about branding as uh, a, a, a narrative battle as to who gets to be associated with the true value. Cloud computing is the real loser when it comes to branding of AI. Because everything that is AI is cloud computing. Every All the money currently being spent on AI or by AI companies is cloud computing, which does include chips, right? Because... You know, NVIDIA AI chips are one of the hottest things in the planet right now. But fundamentally, AI is an interesting branding exercise that could have just been cloud computing. Everything we describe as AI, we could just describe as cloud computing. And the fact that we don't, that is Amazon's loss. That is uh, Microsoft's loss. That's even Google's loss. Right. And it's interesting how that particular narrative battle has played out. And with that said, allow me to take a moment to uh, read another advertisement because I am a little bit conscious of time. And this is an interesting ad, Jan, that was uh, placed with us from uh, a really innovative, heartfelt organization called the Society for Dogs Without Cheese. Did you know that 99% of dogs are not fed cheese on a regular basis? That's 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 unimaginable. I cannot I cannot believe that number. That is outrageous. It's, it's true. At the Society for Dogs Without Cheese, their mission is to ensure that all dogs receive an adequate amount of cheese on a daily basis. That is With absolutely, forgive me for saying this, this is absolutely, wait for it, 
nuts. It is, it is. Yeah. And with your sponsorship, a dog without cheese yeah. can receive daily cheese offerings for well, just for yeah, for just five dollars a month, you can make a difference. Sign up today at dogswithoutcheese.org to start supporting a dog without cheese. It's it's not make a difference. It's not make a difference. It's save lives, basically. I agree. Save lives. I agree. Yeah, I yeah, agree. yeah. Wow, such a good cause. And uh, we we ran this ad free of charge, right? Because it is such a good cause. We didn't no, charge we, them. No, we did take their money um, only oh, because uh, I my dog needs cheese. And, and I need and money. I need money. I need money. Yeah. I need money. Yeah. Okay, good. Um, uh, I any last briefly, thoughts here? Go ahead. Yeah, I wanted to briefly build on uh, your Amazon reference here because that is interesting, right? Amazon have pretty much stayed out of all of this AI hocus pocus nonsense. Well, yes and no. Like yes and no. And it's interesting that you think they have. I think that is very telling. But go on. So, so out of the public eye, out of the debate, right? And I'm wondering, you know, are they maybe, you know, just wringing their hands and, and laughing their asses off about this branding exercise, which might be for nothing? I, I wish they could. If they were not the insecure conformist corporate types that they probably are, I mm. agree. They should be laughing their heads off. But they got their own problems. And at the top of that list is Alexa. Like you forget that Amazon Alexa and Amazon's AI assistant was a huge, huge initiative the company pushed for years and basically got nowhere, right? Like mm. internally, they basically consider Alexa to be a failure, even though it still continues to be a feature of their products. Right. Um, you know, similarly... As part of their cloud computing services, they've got lots of AI that, you know, is making a diff an impact. And they certainly use AI as part of their, you know, uh, logistics operations and their warehouse operations and their e-commerce operations. And Amazon's biggest growing business by far. Like, it's so crazy. I think we'll have to talk about it in a future salon or podcast is their advertising business. Yeah, and of right, course, right. their advertising business disgusting. is also entirely disgusting. driven by AI. Come on, you work in the advertising industry. Let's not go yeah. disgusting. Well, yeah. let, 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 let's hold that off for a future mm. episode oh, okay. where we good, can good. dig into it. And, and yeah. this, well, you know, not all ads are bad. The two ads we read as part of this podcast were fantastic. Yeah, they were they were incredible. Right? I so, would actually, yeah, yeah. If, if I was part of the uh, Pallet Surprise uh, committee, I would suggest these people, whoever wrote this ad i have yes. one question for you jesse i have one question for you so <clears throat> the title is no more heroes um, yeah i personally agree that uh, you know silicon valley or the uh, business industry is maybe not the right place to search and look for heroes but where can we find heroes do you have a place where you look for heroes no i i so this is part of why i think we came to this title so quickly i'm a big fan of the strangler song no more heroes and mm -hmm. unfortunately we can't play it due to the tyranny of mm -hmm. copyright law that exists uh, on the internet um but i for many years have not had any heroes and partly it's because all of the heroes i had when i was younger have also uh, uh, uh what's the word disappointed me at some shape or time the, the most recent which i don't mind disclosing because i still love the guy i still think he's an incredible human being is chuck d of public enemy 
And, oh, what did he do? What did he do? Uh, at the start of the pandemic, he was adamant that 5G was causing the COVID virus. Oh, yeah, right. I remember. Oof. Right? Yeah, and yeah. and again, like, I don't fault him for coming mm. to such a conclusion, given the state of disinformation yeah. that exists. But it was a reminder that having a hero is probably not a good thing. Yeah, you know, yeah. and 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 maybe to your point, and this is where I'll 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 point out that our living with animals episode uh, really gets into this. I don't have he I don't have heroes. I have uh, animals. I have dogs. I have horses. I have goats, and and they are the furthest thing from heroes. They're anti heroes without a doubt. But in loving them and looking up to them, I am rarely disappointed. Uh, uh, versus. Like and 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 to finish my long answer and to throw it then back at you, you know, like lately I I really try to dig deep in podcasts to find super smart people to find, you know, the geniuses of the world, the the you know the trailblazers, the punks, right? The people right, who right, are right. really out there. So the short yeah. answer to your question is podcasting, mm. right? I I, I mm. think the the people worth investigating, worth learning about, worth. Uh, 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 mining for good ideas can be found generally somewhere in the podcast ecosystem. Unfortunately, usually as a guest on a crappy podcast, but not ours. Um, mm. But <laughs> but but fundamentally, I think that we shouldn't have heroes, and yeah. and, and I think that the, instead of heroes, we should be looking for friends, and 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 for fellow punks, peers, well, behaviors put on a pedestal. Behaviors, behaviors, right? Behaviors are. Uh, good to observe and to um, but, uh, but, mim but mimic, even, maybe. Yeah, go ahead. But even then, I think that the, the danger is to the extreme. Like, for example, you and I are big fans of eating lots of plants and, and eating a diversity of plants and as many plants as possible. But I think vegans are extremists who should be thoroughly ignored. And it's an example where they've taken a behavior to such an extreme that it becomes, I, I feel, a bigotry, right? Mm -hmm. and, and that's mm -hmm. where I think, you know, I agree, behavior is something to learn from. Again, my, my thing is friends, not heroes, right? Let, 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 let's understand the, falli the fallibility yeah. of humans and the, right. the fact that we all fuck up and we can learn yeah. from each other rather than needing heroes who we think are infallible. And I almost, I almost want to... Uh uncouple it from people full stop because you know people are not to be idolized right i thought that your answer to my question um not although but maybe because it was long was really really good and as you spoke i was actually thinking of david bowie's song heroes which you know i could see as a nice theme song here for that episode because i like the the the, the verse that goes we could be heroes just for one day, right? Because we can. We really, really can. You know, maybe well, we cannot. Maybe we cannot be for two days because we are too, too. No, no, no. Valuable? But, yeah. But but let me let me bring that back because mm -hmm. I think we have to be heroes every day. But I don't try think to be. Yeah, but I, be. I I I don't think we should be heroes. I think we should be punks, because I think that's what you know you and I have found as a commonality and an inspiration in the mm. punk identity that you can be a punk every day a punk is far from perfect but a punk is a kind of hero i and agree in with particular you particular yeah. in the world that we live in you know a, a, a punk is the kind of hero that is both fallible 
but also inspiring, right? And 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 something that gets other people to go, fuck yeah, I I, I got to do something about it. And this is where um you know I'll 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 start to wrap and say, at a, a future episode, uh, I I want us to talk about uh, literary echo punks because as part of my research, you know, I put echo punks into my podcast player. Partly to see that we were finally there and people can now subscribe to our podcast on their favorite podcast player of choice. And subscribing and course, subscribing is great, right? Isn't that the greatest? It, it is, but more importantly, is giving us a five-star review. Look, That's even right. a one-star review, quite frankly, would be yeah. welcome. Um, but oh, in yeah. searching for Echopunks, I realized that our use of the term um, is novel that we are creating a new branch in its etymology uh, because most people see echopunks as dystopian, whereas you and I are kind of the opposite of dystopian. Right. And I would say that our echopunk network is filled with people who are the opposite of dystopian. Very much grounded in the here and now. Yes, so we're, we're, we're definitely gonna have to dig into that in the future. Uh, any final words there, Jan? Uh, I want to thank you for playing my favorite song here at the end of this first episode. This is such a catchy tune. I yeah. love it. Well, I'll probably be <laughs> playing at the end of all of our episodes. Oh, so, great. Thanks again. Sign me up. Yeah, thank we'll you. talk to you soon. Take yeah. care. Take care. Bye-bye.